God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time that we could be together. And we ask that you would bless it, um, bless this food that's coming, and as well as the, the food we get from your words, Lord. So we pray today that you would be honored and glorified in everything we do and say, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Sure. <laughs> so, you got if you have a bio map, you have a that didn't work. Oh. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, we've been having some sound system issues. I'm going to attempt to speak very loudly. You look over there. You got your Bible app. Take it out and turn to Psalm 131. There goes papers. Psalm 131. Psalm 131. Three verses. Because we're outside and who knows what will happen. There could be a bird that enters the place. Obviously wind's blowing everything around. The sound system has been out of sorts. But we're still here and we're still worshiping. So Psalm 131. And if you don't have a copy of God's word on your phone or in your hand, listen here. And we'll read it. This is the word of the Lord. Psalm 131 says, The Song of Ascents of David. O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things that are too great or too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth. And forevermore. Now, there's this great video of, of uh, and you know, I, I got to the other night, I was trying to go to sleep, so I started watching this compilation of Vine videos, okay, on YouTube. And Vine videos are just stupid little short videos that make you laugh sometimes. You know, if you've ever seen these, they're really good to fall asleep by because it's just repetitive, drawn on and on and on. So I was watching this one in particular, and it was like summertime fails. And so here's what was happening. This, these people were swinging out on a rope into a lake, and they they was going really fine until they let a little kid do it who was just a little bit afraid. And you know what? The kid did. They swung out, and, he, and you're supposed to let go of the rope. But the kid forgot to let go of the rope. And so you know what happened? They swung back, and they smacked against the side of the, of the bank, and it was really... See, I only got that part. I don't know if there was crying or, or hospital bills. I don't know. But I laughed pretty hard at it. And here's the thing. You can pray for me. I already looked like I've been picking up the trash on the side of the road today okay, with, the, with the neon on. So pray for me. Um, they just love triple. Uh, we get to a place where we want to hold on to things for safety. And when we hold on to them, a lot of times it just ends up in a wreck. So today in this psalm, the psalmist is talking about two things. It's something that we should let go of and something that we should embrace. Okay, something that we should let go of and it's something that we should embrace. Psalm 131, in the very first verse says this. Here's something we should let go of. Oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. Now, if we're thinking about it, we don't think about our heart being lifted up or being raised, or our eyes being raised too high as necessarily a bad thing. But this is a colloquialism of the time. It's talking about pride. If you ever talk about somebody that they're so stuck up to raise the ground? You know what I'm talking about? That's what the psalmist is doing. 
He's talking about uh, my heart is not proud or arrogant. And it was a time that it was proud and arrogant, but it's not so anymore. Thank you, Tom. This this psalmist, perfect. Thank you. Look at the Tom. Everybody get up for Tom. There was a time when the psalmist was full of pride and arrogance. And all of us, if you're honest, there's a lot of spiritual and just pride in general in all of our lives. We like to command our own destiny. We like to do our own thing. When stuff doesn't happen the way we want to have them, we pitch a fit. We get upset. We lose our minds sometimes. And here's the thing. The psalmist says, and this is actually a psalm of ascent. So he had walked up to Jerusalem. This is a psalm that was sung as people would go up to worship. And so he's approaching God. And he's saying, God, I used to have my eyes lifted up. And I used to have a proud heart. Now he's not saying he's never struggled with those again, but there was time. But this is the past tense. What does he say? He says, God, Lord, Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. My pride and my arrogance have come away. Now, most of us don't think of ourselves as proud or arrogant. But I tell you what, when we try to control all of our situations, and we try to be the God in our own lives, there is a whole lot of pride and arrogance that is shown. And the pride, the pride and the arrogance leads to anxiety. So the call today is to leave the pride and arrogance and the anxiety and embrace something else. Where do you see the anxiety, Matt? Look at the end of verse 1. He says, Oh Lord, my heart's not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I'm not arrogant anymore. I realize my place. I realize you're God. I'm not God. I don't have to control every situation. And he says this, I do not occupy myself, myself with things too great or too marvelous for me. Now that sounds, first off, this is not a, a call not to think about the deep things of the scriptures or to think about who God is and that kind of stuff. But the call is this, not to think about things that, that ultimately are in God's thought patterns and not yours, things that you cannot control. Let me give you an example. Isaiah 55, 8-9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as far as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are your ways higher than... So are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than yours. So God's thoughts are different and higher, and totally on a different stratosphere than our thoughts, okay? get. I just want to get that. It's kind of like this. I, I know a little bit about physics. But I tell you what, I, it's like a, God compared to us is like a physicist trying to explain a wormhole or a black hole to a two-year-old. Okay? Is a, is a two-year-old going to get that? No, but the scientist probably looks funny because he's a physicist. If you're a physicist here, and I didn't know that, I still love you, okay? Well, most of the physicists I know, they got a little something like, you know, a little something different. All right, so if you think about this, that is how, how, how much higher God's thoughts are than our thoughts. And one commentator said this, the things too marvelous that the psalmist says he does not occupy himself with or think on anymore has to do with God's secret purposes and his sovereign means of accomplishing them. So here's what he's talking about. God, I don't occupy my things with too great and wonderful. He's not talking about not thinking about God. He's not. He's thinking about this. My life situation, the why they're having, I don't have to know why. You get that? You have to know why something's come. You don't know, even know what God's going to do from it. You know we try to rationalize when something bad happens. We try to see where God in all this. Sometimes you got to get to the place, especially if you're going to have peace and not have anxiety, where you just come to the place where God's thoughts are, are not mine, 
His ways are not mine. He's got it. I don't. And I want to tell you this. As a person who's had their world turned upside down in the last six months, I've struggled with anxiety and all sorts of things like that, and and sometimes pride and arrogance and not being able to control my situation. I want you to see this. This is something we all need. Now this is not and this will not this is not scripture like take this scripture and call me in the morning and you'll be better. Okay? This is not like a it's not a, a fix you quick pill. What it is, is a it's a something you can run back to and you say, My heart is not to be proud and arrogant to try to control my situation, and I also ought not try to occupy myself with things I will never know. Give it thought and this occupation is almost a preoccupation. And oftentimes when we are in our lowest situations or anxiety is ruling our roost, whether it's with kids or it's something bigger, or it's with any number of things, oftentimes we become obsessed with those things. And the psalmist comes to the place where he says, I will not occupy myself, I'm going to trust God. And then he says this, and this is going to get a little interesting. Verse 2, but I have calmed and quieted my soul. Note this. The psalmist has calmed and quieted, so he has done some work to calm and quiet his soul. God is, this is work that only can be done through grace. God's doing it, but he's part of it. So the psalmist comes and says, I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a winged child with its mother is my soul within me. I was at Student Life Camp several years ago, many years ago, in Louisiana Tech in Ruston, Louisiana. And we were talking about the Lord being a father. And at the end of our time... One of the band members of the worship team had a newborn baby. And so they walked the newborn baby out at the end of our time together. And the, the band member, I think it was the bass player, sat down with his sleeping infant. And it was supposed to be a picture of us, of how God sees us as his children. And his love and compassion and care for us. And it was super sweet. And it made a real impact on me to see that God actually loves me like that. And then I got to thinking about it. That kid's going to wake up. And usually when a baby wakes up from a nap, it's not like, yay, I'm up! What is it usually accompanied with? Woo! Okay? <laughs> Screaming, ah! And with just this loud, I need something! And that's the only way the baby can communicate. I need my diaper change! I need to move from this position. I'm sweating. I need something to eat. You're welcome. So there's a there was a cool part of that image of that band member sitting with a child, but then you realize like there's a there's a they're gonna wake up, okay? And it's gonna get a little dicey for a second. Now note this. I have calmed and quieted my soul. And then he says, like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. And it raises the question, what is a weaned child? And when would a child be weaned in this particular particular situation? A weaned child is a child who is no longer breastfeeding, okay? And so that, that would happen. In our culture, it happens sooner, most of the time, than in other cultures. In this particular culture... From the, from the stuff I've read, the kids would stop nursing at about three years old. Okay? So it's got a long time of being preoccupied with getting food from moms. Okay? And then to wean the child, if you've ever had to do anything to teach a child, there's usually a bunch of wailing and gnashing of teeth they want, they, now this kid, like, let's think about a weaned child. For three years, they got a lot of their sustenance from mom. And mom's like, no more. 
Okay? You're done. Half is closed. Okay? And the child's got to be like, Ooh, I don't want that. And then, eventually, you're doing it for their own good, so they're like 18, they're not coming home, be like, Mom, okay? It's for their own good. Probably going to get a little weird for a second, okay? But it's in the Bible, so we're going to talk about it. So, that's for the child's good. So here's the thing. A wean child is one who's been deprived of what it wants so that it can live with what it needs. And this is the calmness that comes from sitting with a God that you no longer are in, in, in need of in that kind of frantic, ah! like that's not, where, that's not where you're sitting there in that frantic moment. You have come to the place where you know that God's taken away something from you because he's given something good to you and doing something good for you. And so the psalmist has come to the place where he's not proud. He's not trying to understand his life circumstances and have every little every little thing explained to him that why did this come? Because Job, the thing about Job, for example, Job never knew why. Never knew. There's plenty of people in the scriptures that never knew why things happened then. But God is there. His thoughts are infinitely more are infinitely better than ours. And this this the psalmist is saying, I've psalmified in my soul, and I'm sitting there as one who's had something that I love taken from me like a wee child. But I also am calm and quiet in my soul because I know that God is there and I can trust him with what he's got for me. That's the question. Have you experienced that type of trust in the Lord that you just say, I know it. You have taken something good from me that I I used to love and then you replaced it with something better. I, I believe, even though maybe I haven't seen it yet, because you're good to me, God. You're good to me, God. And I've experienced that good news where he has taken something that I love and it has hurt, but I'm now content with him because he is doing something better in my life, whether I see it now or I don't. And then he moves to this last thing. He's talking about himself, but it doesn't end there. Verse Psalm 131 says this, O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. So now the, the psalmist has come to the place where God has done this thing in his life. Now he has experienced this trust of, of, a, of a person who has had something taken away, but it's for his good, and now he has a complete trust in God. He's experienced trust in God. And you know what he wants to do? He wants other people to share in that. Listen, if your Christianity stops with you, it is, it is a malnourished Christianity. Because here's the thing. Our, our experience of God's salvation and His goodness to us and His providence in our lives, when He takes away things from us and He's working for good in our lives, when we've experienced that, we need to tell other people about that experience. There's a place called Juicy Seafood, which is the worst name for a restaurant ever. <laughs> Don't ever put juicy in the name of anything, okay? It's like a, that's a word like moist. It just doesn't need to be around, okay? So there's a restaurant called Juicy Seafood. And there's been a lot of people talking about how good it is on Facebook and other places. And besides saying, people go there all the time. And it's, we do this all the time. Things that we've experienced that we enjoy or that we have found confidence in, we tell other people about those things. Now, there is, this is of a higher degree, and this is a more intimate degree because we know God more intimately than we know somebody at a restaurant. But here's what the psalmist wants us to do. Once you've experienced the goodness of God, even if he's working for you when he takes away something you love and, and he's working in some other way that you cannot see at the moment or you may never see, but you're okay with it because he's good and you trust him. Once you've been in that position, 
you need to tell other people, because the psalmist is saying, I don't want just to keep this to myself, this experience of trusting God beyond circumstances, but I want everybody in Israel to know that my God is good and to have hope in Him and to trust in Him. Oh Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. And then there was a man who came, he was fully God, fully man, and in the Sermon on the Mount, in, in Matthew chapter 6, he would tell us stuff like this. A full embodiment of the wisdom that's in this song. He would say, don't worry, today has enough trouble of its own. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't you know that your Heavenly Father clothes the grass of the field and he, he feeds the birds of the air and they don't have storehouses? He knows the number of hairs on your head or lack thereof. And he, he knows what's good for you. How would a good God, would a good God, a good father withhold something from his son? If a father, if a son asked for bread, would you give him a stone? Or if another son came and asked for, fit, asked for fish, would you give him a serpent? No, that's how much our Heavenly Father cares for us. And so we know that He loves us and He is concerned for us in every aspect, even the minutia of life, He is working and concerned with. And we must, at some point, to help dial back on our anxiety and to trust in Him, to release our pride and arrogance and anxiety, we have to come to a place where today's worry is sufficient for its own. And God's provision is, is, is good for everywhere. And we can point this and know this is true because we see it in Psalm 31 and we see it fully in Jesus. He cares for you, and you can let go of the, of the pride and the arrogance and the anxiety. Fight against those things. Seek to calm and quiet your soul. Because He cares for us. And there is a peace that is there with Him that passes understanding. And here's how I want you to fight. Okay? Because remember, the psalmist has to fight the calm and quiet his soul. If, you're, if you've ever had anxiety, or you've ever dealt with fear, or you've ever dealt with sorrow, it is a, it's a fight, right? And it does, it, it's not like it starts, it's not like it's over. It goes on for a long time, and you've got to continue to fight. Well, how are you going to calm and quiet your soul? There's a lot of ways, but a scriptural way, and a way that is, 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 is really biblical, is to hide God's word in your heart. And you need to, like, this is three verses. If you remember this verse, in fact, there's even a song out there that a band by the name of Waterdeep did, that they just sing this entire thing. That's how I've had this song in my brain for years because of this song. It's the whole thing. If you remember this, then you can start the fight. you got to have truth to fight the fight. And some of you need the truth to fight the fight today. I know I need the truth to fight the fight because here's the long and short of it. We don't understand why God does what he does, but he is good. We don't understand why God does what he does, but he paid the price for our sins. He loved you enough to die for you in Christ. Amen. We don't know why, and we may never know why, but God is good. He has proved it time and time again. And I want us to, to let go of those things, to embrace this, and it'll be a fight. But you know what? We have the tools for the fight. So let me pray over us, and we'll take communion together. Father. We're thankful for today, thankful for all these kids and all these folks here today, that we're, and thank you for all these hamburgers and hot dogs and all the great sides that you brought. We're thankful to be worshiping out here. God, take this word and plant it deep within us so that we might fight the calm and quiet our soul. 
Lord, we, we ask all this in the name above every name, Jesus. Amen. Now, we're going to pass out communion. If you're a believer in Jesus, we'll take communion together. If you're not a believer, um, please just let it pass by. It's no problem whatsoever. If you're just checking us out, it's cool. Um, we just want, to, we're, in just a moment, we'll, we'll uh, celebrate communion together. And then after that, we'll take an offering.
costs twenty two dollars to play. That includes your jersey and your fees and everything. Um, and uh, we would invite you if you want to play softball. Come on. We last year we had one team. If we have enough, we could have two teams this year. We got Journey A, Journey B, or whatever we want to say. So if you would see Walter, he's got a sign up sheet. We're gonna sign up from now until the next couple of Sundays. We'd love for you to play. We had a good time last year. And uh, listen, even if you think you can make just a few games, that would be helpful because inevitably someone's gonna get hurt because we're all moving a little bit slower than we do. So um, we could use you as a sub. So please sign up for that um, coming up. And then uh, I'm gonna officially declare the church service uh, over. And I want to do this because all right. So here's the deal. My little boy uh, turned seven on Wednesday, and uh, he wanted to have his birthday cake with you guys. So he actually has his birthday cake here. And so if we could, I, I, this is after this post-service, okay, we worship Jesus, so this is not a part of that. But, uh, Justin, are you around? Oh, let, would you guys be okay singing that birthday to Justin? Yes. Happy birthday to Go get it!